got a mic for a chill catch-up episode here. We're coasting, we're vibing, we're a few trulies in. Uh, As you should be when I'm on the pod. Exactly. Post uh, Goodwill Hunting record. And we saved it. Post scare of losing the good. What are you hunting. talking about? We recorded that episode an entire week ago. Yeah, it's post. Yeah. It's post Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. It is week, post. It's a week like, post. It, that it I still haven't washed my shirt. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the Wabam stench on it. You know. Um. Yeah. No, we haven't like emptied the bag on ketchup. Emptied the bottle of yeah. ketchup in a while. Exactly. Ketchup was. It was spouting over. Like it is, it is reaching a point where it's unsustainable. The amount of ketchup that we are like bottling in at this point, it's and good need to be released. Feels good. Welcome yeah. to the show, everybody. My name's Ernest. Uh, I'm just hunter today. I'm just ketchup hunt. Goodwill I, hunter. I'm. I'm actually. You know what I am? I'm hunts ketchup. Oh, oh my gosh. Hunts okay. suck shit. Okay, I'll say it. I'll say it. Okay, I'm a Heinz boy. I mean, be brave and go for great value ketchup. No, no, no. I'm, I, I no. am, I just, get, I am, just I am so it, against brother. Heinz ketchup. You're, I, I am, I am. If it's if it's house made ketchup, like if it's in house, I agree with it. Otherwise, Heinz ketchup masks the flavor of things too much. The what whole thing talking? about ketchup is it's fake. Yeah, no, it's just it's adding just generic umami <laughs> flavor on shit. Yeah, umami. you know, what? yeah, house made ketchup is better. House made fucking anything is better. Heinz is better than like anything. Uh, it, it's hunts, but it's it, it masks the flavor like too that. much. When it's house made, it adds on. What the it's, hell? Yeah, it, I. Yeah, cool. A craft beer is better than a Bud Light, too, I guess. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you do have a point, but... A craft there's, truly there's, is better than a regular truly. There is a time <laughs> and a place for a shitty beer. Mm-hmm. There is. Michelob, the Bud Lights of the world, the Miller Lights, they all have a place. Tailgating, those are when you drink those. But when you want... A good we, we've ketchup. had plenty of Mick Ultra on this podcast. I don't know what you're talking are about. Are you like, but are you saying I mean, there's a time and a place? Danny, are you the type of guy that you show up to the tailgate and you're like, guys, I'll be ready in 45 minutes and you like mash tomatoes right there and you're like creating, you're like, let me get the right salt to sugar ratio for this homemade ketchup that I'm going to create right now. Every Dolphins tailgate. Every single really? one. I, cool. I, I, I can't wait I to experience nice... that with you literally tomorrow. Incredible. Um, well, welcome back to the show, Danny. It's been a week. It's been awesome. Drew's here. Who are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Drew. I'm uh, Goodwill Drew. <laughs> oh, remember a week ago? <laughs> anyway. Man. Okay. So to start things off, we need to touch on a solemn note, which is the death of Queen. The band Queen died. I saw on the news in passing. Is that what happened? What? Yeah, I... So I called up my buddies with the Premier League and got them to cancel all the fixtures this week. Um, I went ahead. I called up my buddy Lewis, all Lewis, of all Lewis of- Hamilton of F1 to actually add a God Save the Queen. Oh, JK, wait, he actually queen? didn't. Is it the Queen or just Queen? Who died? The band, right? Yeah, that's. Entire- I thought it was Queen. Yeah, it was the the Queen. Yeah, the queen died. 
how oh who's who's gonna break the news to Ernest right now? Well then it's not solemn. I can't I can't then we got we gotta pop open more truly. Yeah, baby. let's celebrate, baby. Let's go. Your British fans are weeping right now. <laughs> guys, they're weeping. That's guys, true. we got a fucking and our weird fans. guy in his mid seventies is the new king of England. Yeah. He's gotta show up to work at Buckingham Palace. If uh got his guys Never forget, you can always achieve your dreams of getting your first job when you're in your 70s. Being being an American who cares about the royal family is one of the weirdest types of person you could ever be. So yeah. I'm I'm glad that this got brought up. This was not planned at all for us to talk about the queen. Um, so football season is just happening. As of recording this, you're listening to Wait, this soccer or American football? football. Um because uh, both are going on European skin. European soccer, aka American football. Um, mm-hmm. I watched the Thursday night game. I don't know if any of you guys watched it. Yeah, the it was, amount it of so awesome. dedications to the Queen of England was blowing my mind. I was like, guys, we're in Los Angeles right now playing a football game, and like it was like the entire halftime show was dedicated to the Queen of England. Her Before the majesty. game started, they had a moment of silence for the Queen of England. The NFL, did, the NFL did more for the Queen of England than they did for the entire Black Lives Matter movement <laughs> that happened in the fucking country in which the sport takes place. Like, I don't know what we're doing right now, but we need to stop all of this. The Queen and monarchy represents oppression and genocide. Colonialism. And, uh, we should kill monarchy and kill your masters. That's Dis- the PSA of this podcast. Disband today. the Commonwealth. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I watched the game too. It was it was it, weird, right? It kept cutting to there was commercial breaks that would cut to like a Photoshop or like to like PowerPoint style montages of the Queen like waving at people. Oh no, it was weird. It's bizarre. England is a weird place in general. Like the the. I don't know. It's like an alternate universe. If you watch like programming from them, like including like commercials and stuff, if you just watch like a broadcast of BBC, it's like, where are you guys at right now? <laughs> what is You're Wales? speaking the same language as me, but like there's we are not the same. Yeah. And so to be concerned with their affairs is just beyond me. I can't the like I'm not going to watch Peaky Blinders even. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that's, AKA, that's too far out of principle. Just I, I yeah. refuse. Speaking of which, I do want to bring up, I know Hunter knows this, um, because you were just talking about football season starting. The first NFL game was on Thursday, and Gabe Davis, receiver for the Bills, was wearing custom-made Peaky Blinders cleats at what? that game. Yeah, Is this like was. a Netflix co-sponsorship? I, wait, can, can he wear it that during the game? I don't be. think so. I think that's only for warm-ups. They wear like the flashy shit for warm-ups, and then they post them. Warm-up like, yeah, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, because no. they have rules like in the NFL or in the NBA, same thing. You can't wear like like shoes that are too flashy they have to meet they have to be like the same color as like your jersey and shit well guess what i don't think he was allowed um cool as hell <laughs> it was dope it made you go peaky blind it's just such a TV. that is I, if you were to give me one million guesses on which show a, a player would have cleats <laughs> for i would never guess peaky blinders so and he the, did well it the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty, <laughs> God rest her soul, was the second biggest event that occurred in London, England this week. Oh, yeah. The first being Taylor the Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins tribute concert at Wembley Stadium. Did anyone catch that? 
I saw a couple clips. I didn't. Clips. See, I haven't yeah. watched the whole thing yet. I have not watched the full thing. I want to watch the full thing. I did watch them performing "My Hero." Oh my god, with, with Taylor Hawkins' son yeah. guarding. Uh, I that truly good drummer is that like kid. A, yeah, he bangs hard, man. He can drum. Yeah, it's, I it's I honestly was shocked to see any Foo Fighters songs performed during that concert. I was expecting it to be like all just guest stars covers that kind of thing and the fact that they fit a little Foo Fighters set in there says a lot the fact that they're willing to go out there and play without taylor is like a huge step in them letting the world know that like taylor's memory is not gonna be the end of Foo Fighters. yeah no they're i i told y'all when he when he died like they're that is not the end of Foo fighters they were born to just keep playing no matter what and uh, Taylor would not have been like, "Hey, if I die, you're done." <laughs> that's, that's an insane, yeah. Like that's not the vibe of any of those guys. Yeah, it was it was very emotional. Um, I think yeah. they're reaching like a new peak right now that they want to continue. You yeah. know, they just released mm-hmm. the movie and like they were touring like crazy. Like for the past couple of years, they they were before COVID, and then after COVID, they were like kind of doing it again. You know, and then this whole like tragedy happened, and now they're I think they're going to roll with it. And I think we're going to find out about the next steps as to where they want to continue with like who the next drummer is and stuff. Well, it's just, it is sad though, because you guys are like Foo Fighters are just a band that just kind of keeps churning out and everything, but they were kind of reinventing themselves. Like with Taylor becoming like a co lead, like a co front man with this whole like disco. Yeah. That that boy can sing. Yeah. Somebody love. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is something really, that is really, really. We talked good. about it at the time on yeah. the pod whenever he passed away, but about how tragic and like shocking of a death that really was. But I mean, I'm glad that they are performing and kind of getting back out there and everything, because Dave Grohl is just a guy who's just like born to play concerts. Like he's literally has been doing it since he was a child, like 90s, um, right? Yeah. Since, yeah, since he was like a teenager, just out yeah. there, just kind of churning and and it was it was very emotional to see him up there too trying to get through yeah. some of these songs like it's heartbreaking it, it, it was just a roller coaster i i recommend people to check it out it's it's on on youtube the the highlights for me were seeing the them crooked vultures reunion of course uh, yeah mm. josh home john paul jones Ooh. they played gunman uh josh home did a couple other songs he does a really good bowie he did Let's Dance, and he like sounds a lot like David Bowie while still just that makes sounding sense. like Josh Home. Bowie, low key, not very much of a singer. Yeah, and neither is Josh Home. Put on your red shoes. I I hope that you aren't gonna say anything else yeah. disparagingly of David Bowie on this podcast. No, he just he sounds like he blasted Sigs for a decade. Put on your dance shoes and dance with me. Let's swing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, great set, a lot of emotions, a lot of great guests, uh, a lot of music that I didn't really like have on my radar. I, I made a playlist on my Spotify of all the songs that were that were played, and there's some good stuff in there. A lot of deep cuts. Um, so just getting to the roots of rock and roll, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. they're gonna do another one in LA. I hope they they stream that one as well. Be checking it out. Um. All right, so sticking on the news train here, current events train, the start of uh, film festival season Mm. has arrived. Uh, So just a quick note about the Venice 
Film Festival and the Toronto International Film Festival are happening as of this recording. Hearing a lot of hype about the Banshees of Anna Sharon, um, the new Martin McDonough movie with Colin Farrell uh, reuniting the In Bruges crowd. That one's getting <laughs> we'll trying to make a comeback after Three Billboards, uh, yeah. really, because Three Billboards was such a uh, got a lot of awards love. Woof. Um, but yeah, not- a movie that has aged like fucking whole milk uh, since its release. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway from Venice and Tiff is uh, the award slate is not looking so hot this year. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's bad in the case of like, you know, there aren't as many like Oscar Beatty movies that are coming out, but it is exciting in that it means that films like Top Gun Maverick and even everything everywhere all at once, they have a path now have a path to actually yeah. getting a best picture nomination. And really, um, it's looking like just this is kind of because she's been out and about at all these festivals kind of playing the game. Michelle Yeoh for best actress is actually think, looking like a real path. That's going to happen. It's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a reality that would be so good to see all the way <laughs> through. So they, uh, cause also, um, there was a few other festivals that happened recently, including the one in Colorado. Um, Telluride. Telluride. And she was at Telluride and they did like a whole little private screening of Crouching Tiger, Hidden yeah. Dragon. And she is fully playing the game, which right. I'm here for. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, somebody else who's playing the game is Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Yep. A lot of big love for the the Fraser songs, the Brendan's Fraser songs. The, the biggest thing I wanted to bring up, though, like as of this recording as right before we start recording i looked at twitter the premiere of glass onion was tonight uh it's a getting love honey mystery people are raving about it they're calling it better than the original knives out like and it'll be on netflix yeah yeah really yeah like this thing could be huge on a mainstream and critical level it's lining up well for Netflix to kind of because Netflix was setting originally setting themselves up to position Bardo as their Oscar movie of the year. That was going to be their big Oscar play. Throw their weight behind Inurito, a two time best director winner, two time best picture winner. Um, and Bardo's not working out. Uh, turns out Bardo might be really bad. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. I've heard nothing but like pretty awful things about that like at best it's fucking pretentious as hell which isn't what you want it's a three-hour movie about like the struggle of being an artist uh which isn't great that also uh, does sound like oscar material though the oscars are it does sound like something stupid, yeah it does kind of sound like something know? that critics would hate and then like a bunch of like staunchy white old white dudes would be like you know what it is my life is actually the most difficult and they fucking love in yeah, they like it, Revenant had a similar level of backlash than this, and they still fucking gave him the, the Oscar for that. So I, I just think it's it's going to be tough to beat the favor for Best Picture, which is, of course, don't worry, darling. Oh, we got a segue. We got a segue. Um, any and it, I mean, there's a couple other movies that are in the awards love that premiered this weekend including the fablemans which is premiering literally as we speak right now can't wait to hear about that um 
but the we're going to talk about that as the, the time is happening. The people need to hear our thoughts on the spit. What I have went a, down. I actually have a fresh take that I have not dropped anywhere nope. yet. The the spit spit gate is it's it's a video of what Harry Styles had just been speaking on a stage, correct? I, I believe the film had just finished uh, screening mm. and he was just uh, standing up, taking in the applause. Really? And then he was sitting back down. He was the only one in the ca whole cast. No, standing. they kind of went up like one at a time. Okay. I, I, I believe he fully I believe gave that's a speech up there, mm. but nope. One angle no that I don't think enough people are accepting that may be true because I, I didn't see anything leave the man's mouth. Agreed. I didn't either. The video wasn't that low quality. I think there's some schmutz, but it could have just been like literally anything. Like the, the way. Okay, so his hair is styled like very much to a point. Hair, He's wearing Harry style. Wait, his yeah. hair is hair, in Harry a very styled. in in Harry style fashion. He is like extremely costumed. He's he wearing a lot of layers, and he had just been standing up. I think that the man was hot. And I think that a drop of sweat may have dropped because he was he was going to sit down. His greasy ass hair is like swooping over Chris. Nope. Chris Pine's he head. his lips. The odds that th the most like dumb brained pop star would spit on a person in public, I think, are so much lower than people seem to think. Well, what no, if it was I a joke? That, I think that he wouldn't spit on Chris Pine and not because he's dumb brained. I think that Harry is styles is very smart and he knows not. to. Yeah. Do, like, why would you do that? That's, that's crazy. That's, not a, it's that's a crazy thing. It would yeah. be a dumb thing for him. To that would be something that person. like an emotional person would do. And Harry Styles no, doesn't feel no, the he thing is, is a, an entity. <laughs> he is so, like Taylor Swift. He is a, a computing Thing. We should back up a little. He's bit. a we product. Should give, okay. We I, should give some context before look, we even get to the spit. We should give the background leading up to the spit as well. Yeah, there, there's well, a the, lot of background. The reason that this is a thing is because the vibes of this movie are colossally bad. Um, Apparently, it, the movie is bad. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles were dating while shooting this movie. That created a lot of tension on set. Um, obviously. Uh, and then on top of that, this whole Shia LaBeouf thing has dropped. And not just uh, dating while being on set, but apparently, depending on whose account you read, uh, we're like way, way, way too much to the point of like violating every level of professionality yeah. on stage. And from like everything from um, Olivia Wilde preaching at everyone that they have to follow strict COVID protocols and can't do anything. And then both of them having to be quarantined because they were like out and about and like mm -hmm. just kind of doing their own flirty thing. Having yeah. Their, like coming out party. There dating. was a rumor that he like um, during like she was sitting over at like the you know, the uh, what's it called? Like camera, the camera island or whatever the fuck it's called. It's called camera island. No, it's not. <laughs> On camera. Video island. village. It was Video village. <laughs> camera island. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. So oh. there are rumors that like he was just sitting on her lap. While yeah, she that was, was a big thing of like, yeah, knowledge. while they were looking over stuff. Um, well, and also, also Miss Flo. As, that, uh, was, yeah, mean, that was kind of the breaking. Meanwhile, Shia LaBeouf yeah, was initially cast in the movie and then like by Olivia Wilde's account cast away in order to make 
Florence Pugh more comfortable. And then by Shia's account, she, she begged for him to come back to the production. No. So it's, it's even at a point where Olivia Wilde has, uh, she went kind of like full warrior for women's rights kind of stuff, because all the stuff came out about Shia possibly not being a great guy and maybe being very aggressive uh, with women. Well, there's, Uh, there's very real, very real Um, allegations. Yeah. That was also like, that was a while ago. Yeah. No. So all of that stuff came out and Olivia Wilde, uh, apparently was just like i knew that i did not feel comfortable with him around my actors on my set so i sent him away um and shia apparently is like nah dog i fucking left because you made things weird on the set and then he had he had the receipts yeah Uh, she begged for him so it turns out that olivia wilde was actually possibly uh trying to be a champion of the moment and try to use the whole cancellation of Shia LaBeouf to make herself look better as a just social justice warrior. So which is not great. Yeah. So that, Florence, even if there was like some truth behind it, when the receipts come out, that doesn't mm-hmm. make things look great for you. It's 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 really, really brutal vibes because they all have to obviously band together and do press for this movie, which didn't look awful, but also didn't look like a guaranteed good movie. And the more drops about the movie itself. Well, but Booksmart was great. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like, high... It was uh, it was really well directed. Praise. I wouldn't call it a great movie, especially in hindsight. It's just, like, super, like, Hillary-pilled. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think Booksmart's great. Like, I love book- Booksmart. I, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. It is. Yeah, Booksmart's awesome. Like, them saying Malala is like a... I, it, that hasn't aged well. Booksmart, I'll say that. it was just... That it, has really aged It's a well, great... Like. It's great high school comedy. Like, um, those movies don't exist anymore. It's one of the betters of the last, like, five, It definitely is. Years. And it's also... It, the thing is, the directing of it is the best part of it. It's better than the script, I'll tell you that. The script has a lot of problems. Um, So she directed the fuck out of that movie. This movie also looks well-directed. It also looks pretty stupid. Um, especially well, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but every clip that drops, the words that people are saying in the clip are horrendous. <clears throat> Harry Styles, they just rattle you. On top of that, Harry Styles happens to not know how to act. He's not an actor. He doesn't know accents. No, he doesn't know. Playing, he's by all American. accounts, especially the yep. accents. Um, Florence Pugh is justifiably pretty upset, not just because of everything that happened on set, but also just like. The fact that she was cast to act alongside a brick wall of Harry Styles as if he's a real actor. Um, there's something about acting is that like it's reacting and you have to have a good scene partner. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of going to throw a monkey wrench in your performance if you're supposed to act with someone who's n- not an actor. Yeah. Well, there's I mean, there's a few different elements here whenever especially you start to talk about the Florence Pugh of it all, because Florence Pugh is, I think one of the best young actors that we have in Hollywood. Like she's incredible. Florence Pugh has like a near 100% approval rating, especially before all of this happened. Um, and as this movie started to come out, part of it was due to the marketing. Part of it was due to the like psychotic Harry stands that are on the internet where this became a Harry Styles project and not a Florence yeah. Pugh project. It's, anything it's else. getting out of hand it's, with the it's Harry It's reaching stands. Johnny Depp levels on the internet of like, especially right Defending whenever... Defending him at all costs. Well, especially before like the newest, before the reviews dropped for this movie and people just were pretending like Harry Styles was this like perfect saint actor 
artist who could like literally do no wrong, which sidebar, Harry, look at me, look at me, just stick to the music. You make so much more money selling out Madison Square Garden 10 nights in a row. Yo. You don't need to do this. Eternals too, though. I cannot believe that Marvel signed him up without seeing any clips of him actually acting. That's only going to work out. Oh, I can. So, um, so they, there's two, there's two big things I want to say. So first of all, I think Olivia Wilde is finding out that she needs to like be on the, on the offense of the takes on this movie. Cause she knows that the movie that she made is not that good. So I, I have a feeling that like all this entire situation is like in part her trying to shift the conversation into gossip mode to take it away from how my bad. movie yeah. is bad. But yeah. which is which part of it is like post because like the fact that like on set the vibe was terrible, like that's that no, that no, responsibility that's, that's does true. fall directly onto the director. That's like one of the main responsibilities of a director is to make sure the set is good. Of course. So like that's just a colossal failure. Of course. No, but I'm just saying that it because of that failure, the movie is not as good as as she would want and it to be. If the movie is a failure, if you see from the onset the movie isn't working how you want it to work, why wouldn't you position it towards Harry Styles? Because you know you can get the Harry fans to come out and you can make yeah. 50 mil opening weekend. So what is she what does that mean? What is she doing? She's she's spinning. she's fumbling the bag in the worst way possible. But I'm saying like she no like she's spinning people. Is, she's like turning people on each other to like so are you spin are you a believer? So, because so that believer is that then, completely is like a whole cloth. Like there's not like footage of her doing that. So that's just like guessing. That I mean that that's she's a, like that is in a charge theory, of this. That's a theory behind all this is that this is all like manufactured. Yeah, I think it. Extent. I think it's like an Occam's Razor thing of just like the the clearest path is just like everyone's dumb danny i'm curious where where are your thoughts on all of the don't worry darling scandal um if we're gonna backtrack to the spit little, harry did not spit i think that's spit. a huge misunderstanding i yeah i think you, so too it's just it was really you, more the fact you that look people thought at the clip chris pine as soon as harry the moment he puts his head down and this is the truth. This is the only answer you're ever going to need, Wabam fans. I'm telling you now. Wow. <laughs> he definitive. looks, as soon as he goes down, he does like this thing with his mouth, but nothing comes out. Yeah. But if you look at the aftermath, it tells the whole story. <laughs> the reaction. Chris, Chris Pine is looking at his phone, and then it's something funny that came up. Someone texted him something. Uh, he's, and he, he's looking like at this. a rage comic. He's, he's looking. <laughs> yeah, he's he's look, on r slash fuck. No, he's on the Wabam Instagram. Oh, and the, he the saw TikTok. the. He watched, he watched the Lee Pace TikTok. He saw the Lee. And, and he's like, it got booty him. shorts. That's funny. Him. And so that's that's what happened. He it's looked, just a huge he, coincidence. He looked at his phone. We're directly responsible for Spitgate. <laughs> I like to think that. He, I'm the main character. Of the he story. looked at his phone. And that's what he was. Because as soon as. Like he looks down, he picks up his phone, and then he's just. It, that's what happens. It's I not. Like this. It's nothing towards his pants. It's not. It's straight directly towards right between his legs where his phone is. He picks it up. Yeah. He looks at it, puts it back down. Like, oh shit, well, I'm at a festival. I also think that the other part of it is that him and Harry Styles 
maybe are in a situation where they're like kind of like being like cutesy with each other and actors are weird they're fucking they're all fucking crazy <laughs> all, all of weird. these people they're are insane weird. they're all weird and they're in a situation where like olivia wilde and florence Pugh are like l- they actually hate each other those two women are like not getting along at all and they're like stuck in the middle and they're just like trying to figure out the best way to well, navigate yeah. this and the whole harry is directly involved with why they hate each other meanwhile chris pine is just an actor who has to do press for a movie he knows sucks. Yeah, and that's so, that's where you get the other memes. Oh, those memes are so good, which are way better than the spit thing. <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, those those will last because he looks so dead inside. Yeah, I don't, and it's because he's having to do press and he's having to listen to Harry Styles talk about acting, and it's yeah. it's really brutal. It's these bad. quotes. Um, I will say I don't necessarily. Um, I don't think that everyone else is immune aside from just Olivia and Florence Pugh, because I think that there are a little bit of like sides are kind of being drawn here. And I think that reason why Spitgate, the whole reason why that even got blown out of proportion is because the movie is because, sucks. Well, not. No, it's not even just because of that it's because of the entire press tour. It's because hours before that, they had the whole red carpet of everybody walking out and Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, they did their entrance, waited a bit, and then Florence Pugh and Chris Pine came down. And Florence Pugh came down and uh Chris Pine was like taking the photos of her with the with the Polaroid camera and everything. And they're being like cutesy and they definitely there is a little bit of division there. There's some theories because uh Chris Pine is like good friends with Nick Kroll. And Nick Kroll is friends with Jason Sudeikis of like, there's like a Sudeikis versus Olivia Wilde camp. I don't know if it's that smart. Um, yeah, I know people are, <laughs> I feel really, like it's, people are it's, assuming this is all a bunch of geniuses. It's not, it's really not. I don't feel it's like so it's that not. well, arti- that's that well thought out. Um, there is a very real tiff between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh, rightfully so. Yeah, it sounds like Olivia Wilde did a bad job. Yeah, it sounds like Olivia Wilde, yeah, that she kind of sucks. Uh, everyone has seen the video, the Miss Flow video at this point. Um, if you haven't, check it out. It's honestly, it's just hilarious uh, just seeing Olivia Wilde just be like, sorry, I just, just uh, was off riding my horses. <laughs> so she's all sweaty recording a voice uh uh she says she's riding her horse yeah she was that's why she's like sweaty in the video she's driving her car sweating and she's like sorry i'm sweaty i just got done riding my horses doing a video uh message which as you guys know every time i'm late to the podcast i send you guys a video message of me driving so did we solve it yeah it didn't happen it's just it's just we're reading way too much i think yeah i think it's mostly just stupid people with beef and and the actors are I think any, any larger Wilde have legitimate beef Harry Styles uh were accrediting too much to him yeah I think I um, think Olivia made a colossal mistake which is um a to include him in your movie you need to know that tabloid level press is going to be following you around because he's one of the more famous people on earth 
um also we're we're like hungry like as a society for that kind of shit mm -hmm. i feel like that used to be way more common oh yeah back in the day around movies well yeah it was it was just like if you're directing a movie just like don't fuck your star especially if they're one of the most famous people on earth it's not even just about don't fuck your star because there is a little bit of this that is it's not i don't want to entirely make this a like feminist point or anything like that but if this was a male director and a female star that used to just happen all the fucking time and it didn't get this level of press it's because harry styles is bigger than movie stars that's what movie I'm stars saying. don't exist anymore no pop stars still do yeah they're still the weekends they're still harry styles that are larger than life beings yeah he's bigger than a movie star so like people are going to be following you around and you're smashing him and then you're like also making like set a nightmare for like you're very esteemed and like famous actors who have some pull like that you that's a fuck up man it's, well no it's insane how much she filmed the back especially if, whenever you consider that there was apparently a bidding war for this movie before yeah. it got made well, she that there was the like fuck out of her first movie yeah. and that was her first movie so there like, was notably like a lot of ability studios and just even all in bidding the, for this even in the trailer for this movie you see a lot of good directing happening but guess the script might absolutely suck dick and then there, there's nothing you can do about it past that point uh, and in addition to that, to make the environment on set a bad environment is one of arguably the the most important role of a director is you're in charge of the environment that is like that's in like the textbook, like bullet point list of director responsibilities is like set environment. It's like number one. It, on it's a <laughs> that is a colossal problem to have as a director. You sure. can't do that. There's one crucial thing though that we're missing, and it's that we all know. It's not the same as it was. As it as was. As it was. As it was. I'm still, you know it's not the same as it was. Even though I, I think that Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine, I'm not pro Harry Styles no. overall. I'm not pro him as an actor. I have yet to see anything for him to prove to me that I haven't he's a good joined actor. the Harry... The what's what are the the stands called is there like an official name for these people yeah girls like like young harry like, stands yeah. style stands uh wild styles harry freaks Is oh that i hate that oh okay. um, man. so that's don't worry darling we will see the final product and see where this all lands um we were just talking during our little break here about d23 and i had one quick thing i wanted to ask you guys they they're they're announcing all these big splashy things like uh armor wars with don Cheadle, which we're all excited i love for. how you're making up words you're just saying yeah, what, two words say? next to each Come other on. you're not excited for armor wars what are we doing why are we doing this podcast you don't know about the armor? gear wars <laughs> here's the <laughs> that's question. the energy that you have right now so at d23 yesterday the Walt Disney Company announced a film called Wish, which is a movie based on the wishing star that is now part of the Walt Disney logo. Are you when fucking kidding you me? Wish upon a star. Exactly. That that star. It's the origin of the star in When You Wish Upon a Star. I'm serious. This is the real thing that they announced. It's I'm actually a movie about the character the that thing. the star played exactly. in real life. Exactly. It's like Lightyear. Guys, exactly. I want to. Do you guys ever just like hear news and you just want to like just walk into the ocean and just never come back? <laughs> well, but this is exciting because it makes for good podcast content. So the question is, which logo 
do you want a movie oh, this is based so easy of- guys it's the fisher and the dreamworks logo yes what is he catching how did he get on that moon how how can that tie in like yeah no how's he getting up on the moon is he gonna catch something once he's up there What's so many questions there? that's a whole story i want to see it do you want to know about like what happened to that tree after it got struck by lightning in the Jerry Bruckheimer logo? Dude, it's almost like we are doing a <laughs> podcast just, we, together for five years. It's almost like this we the exact it's almost like we're redundancy of each other. <laughs> that that these are the number two draft number one and number two draft picks of the uh movie based on a logo of a brand. Based on yeah, like a production company's logo, I would say uh, I would want a movie based on Tim Heidecker's dad doing the absolutely. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> well, that's a clip from a movie that we're. That's not I a clip from a movie. See. That's that's a home video that Tim Heidecker took well, of his own father. I want to see that. That's a movie. It's a movie that is unreleased that we need to see. Should we like? How did how did that monkey pause get there? Where it's like stirring that tea. Well, that's just from Get Out. Well, it's an no. All that's of, no. That's a Monkey Paul Studio. That's going back to Key and Peele. Yeah, it's all of uh, what's his name. Yeah, it's all it's of, everything Jordan yeah, Peele has Jordan ever Peele. done is the Monkey yeah. Paul Studio. Okay. Um. Um. All right. Do you have questions about like every person that's in the apartment buildings of the Miramax logo? Because you know it's like oh, a series ew. of like no. it's a series of apartment like lights that know. come on. I don't want to know anything off. about that. That that is evidence for a criminal court case <laughs> that should go to straight to court. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, they all got invited up to those apartments know, under false pretenses. I didn't know if you wanted to see. It's like Decalogue, but it's Harvey Weinstein owns the apartment yeah. complex. So uh, yeah, let us know down in the comments if there's any studio logos you want to see turned into. Uh, branded ip content uh as the world just fully ends okay so now is the point where we speed through things that we've been watching so let me start off real quick uh with a triptych of fantasy shows it's we're in a fantasy plethora uh right oh, now yeah it's a it's a hot commodity right now yeah Man. so i wanted to realms do a quick... are hot right yeah now. we got hella we realms love drew realms. drew's gone drew lost drew drew just can you just disassociate for the next like i'd love to 90 to 120 seconds i am anti thrones i am ant well I think I never gave Lord Lord of uh, Lord of the Rings a chance. Those movies rock, then uh, that's also justification for why there shouldn't be this show now. So yeah, but win win for us when well, it comes to Game of Thrones. I I just could never get into that it. show. Was so good. Not gonna watch Game the new of one. Thrones rocks. Uh, watched- Lord of the Rings rocks. And hey, so far, Rings of Power kind of rocks. Rings so, of Power is good. So here here's the the power ranking right now of where it's standing. Right now, number one, I got to put Sandman on netflix because really they they the the whole season is out with house of dragon and rings of power we don't have a full season yet so automatically it's like i've seen the whole season of sandman it's good it lived up to the source material um it it got a little shaky every now and then but it just kind of blew me away like how closely they were able to adapt the comic book for uh from the point of view of just like being notoriously unadaptable uh, some really, really standout episodes. Um, but Rings of Power, I think, is like right there, probably going to take that number one spot. You are right. 
that when you compare it to the movies. Peter Jackson movies, it's like kind of night and day, you know, because that first movie, Fellowship of the Ring, at the end of that movie, you're fully invested in mm. the story, uh, Frodo, the Lord, yeah. Samwise, Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn. Like you're in, dude. And at the end of two episodes of the same runtime worth of this show, it's like on a character level, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. But it is famously the most expensive TV show ever made. And you can see it. That means it must be good. On the screen. It looks so fucking good. So I'm hoping that the character uh, work lives up to that kind of visual standard that it's set. The story is like really intriguing. It's like a good mystery that they're mm -hmm. kind of setting up. Um, and then third, I'm putting House of the Dragon, which is like pretty good, but uh, it's, it's like dry as hell. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's going to be another boobless buildup. Actually, there is boobs, probably, but there's it, always boobs. There's yeah, there's always there's, boobs. There's, there's dong in the first episode. Great dragon dong. And balls. There's just you a giant, dragon. just a huge. That's dragon actually the entirety of the first episode. Too. It's the only um, reason why I'm watching. Good, me too. I uh, so I have not watched Sandman. Um, maybe I will. I don't know. There's so much television that I need to watch. There, um, there's, but there's a whole heap. Uh, you know, it sounds interesting enough. Rings of Power. I am so far two episodes in, very pleasantly surprised by, because. Amazon hasn't really done this before. This is really their first big dipping their toes into like, we're going to do the big budget, blow it out, spend millions and millions of dollars on a goddamn TV show. Like that's not really where Amazon has made its bread and butter. They made their bread and butter on being kind of awards darlings yeah. and making very like, that making their transparent, making your flea bag, kind of doing those shows where it's f like fitting in the margins, being critical, Mrs. darlings, Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. yeah. And this is something that is trying to be the big fantasy sci fi thing. And Bezos kind of put a little bit of unreasonable expectations on the show where he's just like, yeah, no, the fate of the future of uh, Prime Video rests in the hands of Rings yeah, of Power. It's all the money. Where it's like, Jesus Christ, how much money did you put in this, Jeff? But so far, you're right. It is a good mystery. The story is good. The creatures are great. Um, yeah. It's really engaging, like all of like the little worlds and stuff in here. It's it's nice and fun. Uh I'm gonna be honest. I'm I've been struggling in House of Dragon a little bit. I'm still I'm caught up so far as of recording with it, but it is a bit of a drag. Um, episode three, drag gun. Dra so episode three was kind of uh taking all the wrong lessons from Game of Thrones for me, where it has a big battle sequence that lasts like twenty minutes of the episode, and. The reason why big battle sequences in Game of Thrones work is because the show took the time to like establish these characters yeah. and make it feel like there is a narrative arc happening during these battle sequences. And whenever you do a show that doesn't take the time to establish that, like House of Dragons does, um, you have a 20 minute fight sequence that kind of looks like mush. Uh, and has like no, it looks pretty. I guess it's well choreographed. I see dragon, I clap. It has no like narrative cohesion. Also, 
I know it's called House of Dragons. There's too much fucking dragon in the show. Okay? Oh no, guys, there's too- that's what it's the only reason I'm watching. Don't Here's take away thing. my dragons. No. The problem is okay. Fine, we're gonna have a lot of dragons in the show. You cannot every episode have it be a point where it's like, oh my god, is guy gonna get away with this he's so alone right now he's so defenseless oh my god a dragon appeared you can only like pull that rug out for me so right. many times yeah. where i'm just like well that's no, a good point dragon it like that's was driving me insane during the whole battle sequence where it's like man god he's really gonna go out there and die he's all alone out there i wonder where i guess the dragon's just not gonna show up this episode the the one thing that i really love about the show is that it's making me watch old thrones like i just started watching a bunch of like season one two three it's great of thrones it's just like it just gives me that feeling of being back and you know that's better than trying something entirely out of left field it's just like it's playing the hits it's down the middle you know and um i'll i'll keep watching for it um, the other thing that we wanted to talk about is what we do in the shadows, which just wrapped up its um, fourth season. I, I haven't finished it, but I did see last week's episode. Uh, the finale? Uh, no, the Property Brothers. Oh, that one <laughs> was such a good one. That one rocked. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest shows on. It's like tough to talk about a show like what we do in the shadows because it's like. It's just so funny. It's a hard sell. And it's just it's like, a really hard that's sell, all you like, can to say. It's just like it. the funniest fucking show. It, I, I think it's a fantastic show. Um, for me, it's only gotten better since the beginning. So one to two to three. Three for me is when it kind of took off to being such a phenomenal show. Like hilarious. Mark Proch plays. It's his season. It, oh my. The latest what? season. Kid. Colin Robinson kills he fucking kills man yeah and like the the when he was going through puberty out of no god it fucking made me laugh so yeah. much um i mean obviously you got your nick crolls you got a uh, guest appearance from the lead singer of phoenix mm-hmm. let's go like, with love uh that. with sophia coppola and yeah his too. wife right yeah yeah wait what yeah right am i yeah, yeah that's he's his... married to sophia coppola whoa yeah. fucking power couple. i did not know that that's insane yeah um it's uh it's it's phenomenal it's such a good show i think for me uh if you are trying to be convinced to watch it it's the funniest thing since the office yeah it's on that level it's it's for sure. it's so funny but it, it's able to be like a sandbox show where they're able to kind of do all these things they threw in a gin character just because they can yeah you know they they're, they threw in a nightclub subplot just because they can so it's like they're figuring out to do all these things within this world just because it allows them to be so flexible and and mold the show to be whatever they want so it's like oh we'll make colin robinson a little kid we will throw in a little kid into the dynamic when he's doing his like Incredible. Show, showtime dancing oh god it's it's too funny man i I really do love the show, and um, I mean, I'm watching it with Mitts, and we're we're like cackling, laughing at some of the stuff yes. that happens. It's 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 one of those shows where it's just like it kills. That's why it's like a rewatchable show too. It you is. can watch it over and over, yeah. especially the early seasons. Like that's just kind of why I'm warmer to seasons one and two because I've just rewatched them more. You more. know, all the, all the vampires are so lovable too. You know, 
Like they're all funny in their own right, you know. Every, like they all have different, and like their banter gets better as time goes too. They're so into their characters. They are. They're like, they've nailed them, dude. Yeah, and I think we all know an energy vampire in our lives. If yeah, you, honey, if you don't know an energy vampire, then you are the energy vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it's a phenomenal show. I I really do recommend it. I I can't recommend it enough. I I make time to watch it, and like I don't I don't watch a lot of television. It's like a little movies. treat every time there's a new. I'm so sad it's done for the season because it's yeah, just like there, every week. I hope it's there's just a, like there's Ooh. a fifth, right? Oh, of course. Okay, they're yeah. they're going, dude. Yeah, it's it's such a good show. It's gonna be um, one of those shows that just runs for forever, right? Like it's, I hope so. Feels like it feels like FX has that with like Sunny and stuff like that, where they just have these kind of higher class syndicated television shows that can just kind of run on in perpetuity what's your favorite episode so far of the entire show yeah i mean fuck i don't know dude i'll I'll, (laughs) I'll go with mine it's the episode where nandor tries to become a human oh really season three okay that's a good one the scene where he is Guillermo's talking to him about like you can't just become human. They're in the car, they're arguing. He's like, you can't become human. And then he's like, Oh, really? If I weren't a human, could I do this? And he starts singing the song. Yeah. The uh, it's been one week since it looked at me. <laughs> one week since he looked at me. It's like it's quotes the entire It's so fucking funny, man. And he's could I fucking do this? I know the whole fucking thing. Every every line reading this has become a thing on Twitter now. Every line reading that Laszlo does, Matt Barry is as Laszlo uh, is like just God tier New York City. <laughs> <laughs> what was his what was his uh human name? It was Jackie Jackie Daytona. Jack oh my god. Yeah, with the toothpick in. So fucking funny, man. Every every character is so good. My least favorite is still the, like hilarious to me, uh Nadja. Like it's dude. Yeah, incredible. It's it's such a good show. And like if you're a Mark fan at all from The Office, like you'll love him in this show too. He he's Mark Proch. Yeah, Mark yeah. Proch. He sits in city council meetings and just like feeds off of people's boredom. That's yeah. so good. I think is that season three when they first goes to the city council meeting in like ep one of season and three. And he's just it's there like so actually good. Now that you mention it, that is probably one of my favorite episodes. The one that fully focuses on him becoming like the most powerful energy vampire oh when, that's when in he, season two yeah whenever he gets an office job and shit yes. that shit's so when he gets promoted good. and his head gets it's... massive and he starts growing hair <laughs> and he's I he's just like that. he's become so powerful he's like breaking trash cans like oh, oh that is dude. No. I, I need to catch up on the show. I just I have no excuse. I just haven't watched it. It's so it's so funny. Up. And this well, season now you have a now you have a a whole batch of episodes to dive into. Yeah. yeah, this this season was funnier than the last for me. It was just it, it keeps getting better as time goes on and like uh Guillermo developed into such a phenomenal character. I love like, him. The Van Helsing subplot where he's so just, good. And his whole family in that episode where they're just like, My blood's boiling. Yeah, they like, can't help it. <laughs> they need to kill. Like it's so good. I uh, I really do recommend it if you haven't watched it. It's it takes a lot for me to commit to a show, and that's a show like I make time for. Like yeah. it's such a good show. I love it. All right, um, let's get to the big one. I, I have to go home, man. Whoa! What the? <laughs> He's gone. Where'd he, he go? He just yelled "bat," and he 
he just vanished. He just disappeared out of ah ah. He's flying around the room now. Drew, Drew. For the listeners at home, he just went out uh, in audio form. Drew just disappeared into thin air. He was actually never here. That was a figment of your imagination. I, I I think he was like starting to phase in and out of reality, and then he just poofed. You know where we fucked up? We said the word realms. Oh, so that's when it started. He started phasing as soon as realms were mentioned. He just started like, yeah, going through every possible realm timeline that he had ever been in. That ended it all. We can have a Mike memorial here for him. This is this is where he'll be remembered. Buckingham Palace is going crazy yeah. right now. The dream's God. gone. It turns Did- out we lost more than one. We also lost a king this week. <laughs> Notably, <laughs> not the first time that Drew has perished in the course of the the whole uh, story of We Bought a Mike. There's been multiple like deaths and rebirths. It's crazy how often Drew perishes. Yeah, this is like, the first time it has happened like live during an episode in the middle of an episode. I mean, so he must be audience, a sleepy boy. You can now see like why Ernie and I get freaked whenever we just suddenly have to do a pod solo with just the two of us. It's because this shit happens. He just it he it's not ghosting. It's literally becoming a ghost. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. He'll be back next week though. Don't worry. Hopefully. Um, I hope so. So, Danny, I heard you have a story time for us. You've recently been able to attend some uh, concert events. Yeah. I So there's been a few. Um, but most notably, I went to Outside Lands pretty recently. And this is uh, my first city festival since COVID. I went to Okeechobee, which was a great time. But... Uh, I went to Outside Lands, and to you, preface, you this, made you made the pilgrimage to our our Lord and Savior Kevin Parker. Yes, uh, to Okeechobee, yeah. But uh, for Outside Lands, I went out. My buddy Stefano, he lives out there, and he's like, "I have a bed you can sleep on." And I brought friend of the pod Mitts over, and she, we we both had a great time. Uh, so we stayed with him. We got to see Brett, friend oh, friend of the pod. Jealous, yeah, Brett and Annette. And uh, when when we saw the lineup, we because we were talking about all of us going together. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, the headliners look a little weak. You got Green Day, Weezer, Post Malone. Well, remember before that, there was a leaked lineup that ended up just being wrong. Yeah, completely wrong. It was like Harry Styles was the only artist that was playing and he was playing three days just straight for 18 hours well no that's wrong one um, day was him singing and the other two days were, were him, him acting sp- no it was him spitting on oh, people just, him, <laughs> just continuously him just going around people. just like pew yeah pew, pew, pew. <laughs> but anyway so um since my buddy stefano told me that we could stay with him we're like eh, it's a lot cheaper we might as well go so there were a couple acts in the undercard that i was going insane for like parcels local mm. natives Hiatus Coyote, um, Wet Leg, to name a few. And uh, those were all fine and dandy, but I need to tell you guys of the pod, the people there suck. <laughs> they suck. Southern California, guys. No, it's suck. Northern California. Northern, the weather's yeah. phenomenal. Like, it is the best weather you'll ever get at a festival. It's like highest 69, like like 55 in the lows but you're still surrounded by people so it's not that hot 
or cold. And uh, it's yeah, because it's like it, well, it's not northern Cal. It's or it's, it's not southern. It's northern. Yeah, right? it's San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it's literally in Golden Gate Park. Mm. And so I was super excited to see some artists. You know, like Parcels. You and I had them on our top mm. tens last year, mm-hmm. and. Personally, they blew my balls off. That was such an insane show. Hell like, yeah. if they ever come to Orlando, we have to go because they are so fucking good live. I love Parcels. I'd love to see them live. Yeah. The, the, the people there suck. Like, we were watching Frank Moody, which is some, uh, that's someone that me and Mitz were really excited to see because they're like in the same level, like Duran Jones and Indications, like the funk, rock, fun, dance, like kind of thing. And everybody there was just talking. No matter how close you were, there no, were there were people God, just they were they were just uh, there. That's like, the worst. Frank Moody might have been at the curtain, like right over there, and people were just turning around, talking, drinking. There was this guy in front of us. It's a funny story. He had a, a white baggie, uh, <laughs> a baggie with white Mystery. powder in it. It's his mother's ashes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's just putting him in his gums. No, he was uh, <laughs> like he was like snorting it with all of his friends. Soylent. And uh, like he turned around. He's just talking to all his friends. And then I see it on his nose. And I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> it's uh, you got a little get, he's little, like, uh, a little something. He's like, thanks, bro. Thanks. But like that was literally like most of the shows that we we're really excited for. Like the only way you could avoid it is if you got really close and we found like a secret cheat code on like how to get really close if you like rode the hill on the side it was great but uh yeah the people there suck no one cares about the music everyone's there to get like most of the people there are just there to get fucked up they're they're talking during all the shows um but i need to give special shout outs to some performances we were wrong about green day we were wrong about Weezer. Dude, Green Day I, rocks. Dude, Weezer rocks. No, I've seen Weezer live. I've heard great things about Green Day. They, live. I, those, those guys fucking rocked. The yeah. singer of Weezer took as like this is a point that Brett dude, made. Rivers, well, man, Rivers, Rivers owns yeah. live. One twenty-one guns. He's he's taking really good care of his voice. Like he he sounded great. It was such a fun show. Like um, I, I really enjoyed that show, but. When well, it comes to he, no, I was just gonna say Rivers like very notably got vocal lessons like right around the time that Hurley came out. Like if you listen to like earlier Weezer and then like Hurley on, it's a lot he's more, more trained. Yeah, it's a lot more just trained. Like he's sound, he's singing better on those albums, yeah. even if the songs necessarily aren't as good oh, of course no. it's just taking better care of your voice you but there's always that. a couple good songs on every album which i do enjoy yeah. no the album from what was the album from 2013 attitude um, no not ratitude um it was the album it was oh, like everything, everything will be all right everything will be all right yeah that album rocks that's one of my favorite weezer albums just in general and i that album's like 10 years old now at this point but still like that album is a later weezer album that still it still rules yeah it like i was really I was really bummed to see the headliners, but like when I saw them, actually, it was a ton of fun. So I did want to ask because you, this isn't your first California this fest, is, right? Well, I went to Coachella. Yeah, yeah. So isn't Coachella kind of Coachella. a similar vibe from the most part, where it's people just there for like for Instagram and then to get fucked up? Like it's not so really as that much is about a, music. that is actually a common misconception about Coachella. Being a an avid festival goer, I will say. 
Coachella is great if you're not going to see who's on the main stage. Everybody that's on the main stage, that's where you get the the Instagram models and the the TikTokers. That's what happens. But like, uh, you get to see amazing acts that like, unfortunately, not a lot of people are there to see. Like Saint Vincent, I saw with a thin so, crown up close and personal. Alt J, Fleet Foxes, um, who was in a, a War on Drugs, uh, uh, Soul Wax, like really good acts that they crowds tend to gravitate towards the main stage and it gets so crowded there. But if you're anywhere else, it's phenomenal because it's the best production you'll ever see at any festival when it, when it like in the grand scheme of things, Coachella is where it's at. If you're going to see a headliner, you're going to have a bad time. Like if that's the only thing you're thinking about, Mm. you got to think about the side things that are going on. And like the side stuff I'm watching isn't exactly small artists you know like those aren't like you know something to scoff at it's um it that's what it comes to coachella but when you're outside lands everywhere you go those people are there they're talking during the set they're not watching they're drinking a shit ton they're doing all sorts of drugs soylent and during the concert during the the crowd i mean there's a time in place there to is. do those things of like getting drunk or doing drugs and having a good time and but it hinders the show it's weird the whole like just talking yeah like the talking during the show is it's if, if you're if, if you're like in the crowd and people are just talking with each other for all the entire set it's weird like it's if, it's, if you're like in the moment if you're like a smoking bit. a joint or something while enjoying a set like that's fine that's different yeah i'm cool with that but when i am i was maybe 30, 40 yards away from a set, like a show that was going on. And there was just people yapping everywhere we went. Mitz and I maybe moved five times to try and avoid someone that was really just not in the music. You know? Why, why get so close to the stage? Why spend so much money? People, I think the problem with that festival is that people in the San Francisco area... They got have, too much money. They have too much money. Yeah, you got too much <laughs> They have it's too much money. And they're just like, ah, you know, I like two songs by this guy. I'll just... I'll blow 350 to just go to this concert. And get really close to the stage yeah. and just talk very loud the yeah, whole that, time. That was, my, that was my main qualm with when it comes yeah. to Outside Lands. But overall, I had a great time. I was there with Mitz. I, was, I saw Brett. I saw Felipe. You probably know him, too um stefano he was phenomenal host love you so much um but yeah if you're going to a festival i would rethink outside lands unless you have like a bigger reason to go Mm. if you're going alone don't go go if you're gonna meet up with brett definitely go yeah everybody out there you gotta meet up. You with have Brett. to meet up with yeah. Brett. Only go to Outside Lands if you're meeting up with Brett. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we can give you his contact info if you're trying to yeah. go to 2023. We got you. But, what, uh, what were everyone's favorite sets? Uh, Did you all kind of have a consensus. Or my what? favorite was Parcels. Mitzel, who was your favorite? Parcels was her favorite too. Felipe's favorite was also Parcels. Okay. Damn, Parcels getting some love. Oh, Polo and Pan deserves mad love. Yeah. Um. They're they are a French Wait, duo Polo electronic. I feel like they popped up in my Spotify discovery. Before. They're an electronic, uh, French duo, like Daft Punk, but like 
I would listen to their stuff on Spotify and I was like, eh, this sounds fun. Like it's, you know, and live it's, it's a different deal. It's, it's a totally different thing. It's so much fun. Everyone's dancing the whole theatrics of the thing. It's, it's really, it's a really good mix. Those are actual DJs. I don't, I don't like people that go up there and they have a light show that specifically correlates with their set. And they're just standing. They just press play and they're hyping the crowd and that's it. No, these guys were specifically curating to what was going on. And that, that is when I respect electronic artists. I love that. Yeah. Um, so what's the, the status of music festivals right now? Oh, are we looking? Um, I think we're in a dark place when it comes to music festivals. I feel like, I feel like post pandemic, it's like, so I went to shaky knees last year, which I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but like from a festival perspective, like outside of just like how good the music itself was, it was really bad. Like the, uh, there were some concerts that were bad, but that wasn't like the thing that kind of stuck out. That shaking knees in particular, um, something about it, like it just seemed like very low effort. Like they just like, like together last second. They were just like, let's just cram all these people into this park and like just give them alcohol and like that's it. That's what outside lanes felt like. Yeah. And yeah. The, it, it didn't seem like people had their shit together in terms of like, let's make this a good experience. I think, I think people in festivals have been out of it for too long that they forgot like the givens, you know, like things you're supposed to be aware of since the beginning. And like that happened to Okeechobee too. There was some poor planning when it comes to Oki too, Mm. but I feel like Oki is at least good about like having things to look at when you're walking around. Yeah, for sure. They do. But like art installations and like, for example, um, to get ice and water, I had to walk a mile Yikes. every morning. You know, uh, we would do it once a day to get ice. Um, bathroom lines were like absurdly long too. There's no such thing as bathroom lines. I it, lines don't exist. Ernest taught me this lesson yeah. the first time I went to a music. <laughs> I, I, I need just to just walk around. People, you literally, which just literally go. is just cutting in front of people in lines. But no, fun. no. But a lot of times not, there are lines. You're not cutting because. Um, as soon as you walk into the porta potty area, space there are right there. so many open yeah. porta potties. I um, yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, people no, are just standing people, around. People just like for this no reason because everybody's fucked up, and they just see one person <laughs> saying they're like, "It's probably a line to something." I should stay mind this guy. Yeah, and then you um, ask people, "What are you waiting in line for?" And they're like, "Wait, I'm waiting in line for something." I mean, um, they're, they're, it's the great. Soylent's popping there. You know? I do feel like so. I feel like it's there's like a few different elements that are going on here with like the state of music festivals one is like you were saying like that it's just we're in this weird state post pandemic where like you don't really know what to do with yourself well, the people the people that, organizing the festivals too well that's what i'm saying know. is that like it's because i've heard from some of the bigger festivals that things are more well organized like for example i know a couple people who went to Lollapalooza last year by all accounts Lala was still running like normal Lollapalooza. like it just kind of ran fairly normally at this point they don't have covid restrictions anymore so when, just, when i saw the lala felt, live stream i was like yeah pandemic's over <laughs> yeah no it just fully and by all accounts it just fully felt like it was lala i've heard the same thing about bonnaroo this past year that bonnaroo kind of just felt like bonnaroo again but those are run by live nation those are run by like a big mm. showrunner 
and like a lot of these other students a lot of these other festivals uh, outside is by uh, C okay so it's not a major C3 entertainment or AC oh so it is by like one of the bigger entertainment groups yeah it's one of it's one of the big five in America so your big five are outside lands ACL Lollapalooza Bonnaroo Coachella those are your big five in America yeah yeah, well, I'm surprised. I didn't even think the outside lands was. But the main, thing, but the main issue is that artists cost too much these days. Well, that is that's a whole other thing. I mean, it's the Live Nation, the ticket masterification of artists. And, what a shit show! Artists I mean, cost too much. Yep, artists cost too much. It's literally like we were saying of Harry Styles, stick to fucking music because that's where you're making your money right now. It's not in the movie industry. It's keep doing the pop star thing. So, so um, basically what ends up happening is that like these lineups, they are always defined by those top names. Always. That's how you define a lineup because when it comes down to it undercard, it's pretty much the vibe of the fest. Yeah. Like who you're trying to get. Well, that from. also costs nothing. You're assuming like I can fill in like a third of this undercard with the price of one one headliner here. Yeah, but like, but like they're all the undercard, they're the same price. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to them. But when it comes down to it, so like here's an example. Um Radiohead. If you want to bring Radiohead to a festival, think about how fucking bonkers we would go for Radiohead at a festival, right? That costs over a mil to get Radiohead there, right? You can get SZA there for 500K. How many people are would rather listen to SZA these days than Radiohead? It's it's the price. So are you serious? That that's the that's the situation right now. Though. I don't know if that's the best comparison though, because Radiohead is fucking massive. They are, but when it when it comes down to it, who are you gonna get? It's more, yeah. Who are you gonna get to come to this festival? Because you're gonna get more people who are listening to SZA, like more of the millennial yeah. Gen Z crowd, than you are gonna be like to get the Gen Xers. Where's the money? Older generation. millennials, exactly. And when you're spending there, yeah. less on a top name and getting more people, that's what wins, right? But like, like uh, the only way you're gonna get a, a big bang for your buck, getting a really rare act like Fish. At that Bonnaroo one year that they played two sets. Fish fans will go somewhere and flood a festival. Fish is like the, the like the exception that proves the rule almost fish, because fish is fucked up. That doesn't happen. Like people don't tour around with artists in the same way that they did with a fish or with like a string cheese incident to like a lesser extent of like that kind of jam band, Dave Matthews band. Of, like that doesn't happen. But like those have like artists. loyal fans that will go anywhere they're yeah. at. You know? But like I feel like the exception to this is Coachella, because Coachella is all about the headlines. It's all about we got Beyonce to perform at our festival. Yeah. We're gonna get Frank Ocean to perform here in three years. Like it's doing, <laughs> it's doing that kind of thing. That would that's be amazing. What, he'll be here this year. Wait, never no, mind. Next year. He'll Wait, be here at uh, some point next um, and so you should probably keep buying passes so that one day you'll get to see frank um, maybe wait maybe. 2011 no wait he changed his mind 2022 kanye no he's crazy um <laughs> it's, yeah um uh yay actually that's what it's on whole, the poster so there's a whole other side piece to this which for california fest this is kind of excluded from this but the uh 
politicking behind these festivals is a whole other beast right now based on kind of the division that's happening in the world. And while we're on the topic of festivals, I wanted to talk about what happened with Music Midtown this year and kind of the fate yeah, of... this is a crazy story. What's happening what probably with Shaky Knees. So dude. for listeners who don't know, um, Music Midtown is a festival that happens every year in Atlanta. There's two big festivals in Atlanta every year. Well, I guess three, really, but two big like rock festivals, which is Shaky Knees and Music Midtown. Music Midtown was supposed to happen this year. And there was a guy who got on Reddit. A fucking bozo. It literally, it all started on Reddit. That's the most insane thing about all of this. Um, Georgia just passed a law that opened up the, um, like, the kind of... It's a firearm open carry law. Yeah, yeah. It's an open carry law that kind of loosened up what the jurisdictions, the laws were it may, normally. It makes it that so, made it like, so... basically, anybody can... If they have the right paperwork with their firearm, they can carry a gun wherever they but go. But you don't have to show paperwork anywhere that you go. Like yeah, that was theoretically, kind of the like theoretically, if they go through the right channels, they can go anywhere. Right. Even if it's not going to be enforced, that the theory of the law is that like I have gone through the work to make sure that I can carry this gun wherever but, I go. But it was it was only for public things. The problem with yes, exactly. So that's because yeah, yeah. The, so park, that's... the park is a public park. It's a public park that they leased for that weekend. Yeah, and therefore you are allowed to carry when you're in there. If it were a private event it's and different. a private park, you wouldn't be allowed to. The but law doesn't guy, apply the same. Yeah, this guy went out of his fucking way. Yo, yeah, yeah. Because the problem was that. Uh, then Music Midtown was like, well, not even Music Midtown. Music Midtown released a whole thing about there's Piedmont no, Park, right? Yeah, they said Music Midtown announced, "Hey, there's no firearms allowed in this festival, none whatsoever, for the safety of our guests. You cannot bring a gun." Well, it's live. One, it's Live Nation. Right? One fucking guy. No, 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 no. One fucking guy lost his mind. That rock thing is it wasn't Music Midtown. It's a lot of the artists. Like, yes, when that's you're right. when you are going to a show, Their if contract. you're going to go see My Chemical Romance at perform at a concert they have a no gun policy they won't perform at venues where you're allowed to bring guns because they have a no gun no weapon policy for their shows for the safety of their fans and them and them yeah. <laughs> and one fucking guy threatened to take it to the supreme court to challenge the right for music Midtown to, to ban to ban uh firearms at concerts just to prove a point he wasn't even going to the concert he didn't even have a ticket but he's like i just really wanted to prove a point no he said his reasoning was that it would be unsafe if people left their firearms in their cars instead of bringing it in oh yeah because we all go to concerts with a gun in our cars god i remember whenever i just went to billy eilish or to uh <laughs> That just that major concert that I went to, and I was like, man, I just feel so unsafe just leaving my gun in my car. Right yeah. Now. Like, what if, what if somebody breaks in my car, steals my gun, and then they shoot me? Yeah. I mean, have then you... it's it's on the and concert. Then, it's oh, the what, am I supposed fault. to leave my gun at home like a fucking <laughs> idiot? Ew. Wait, have you never wanted to pop off a couple shots when I'm not okay? Is banging in the <laughs> Look, I'm just like, I'm not okay. <laughs> 
It's fucking stupid. Like that is so dumb. So and now so, went out so, of yeah, way. I brought that the up. Button, the button on the story is that now Music Midtown is not happening. Music Midtown <laughs> is not happening this year. And Music Midtown and Shaking Knees are probably not going to happen again anymore, right? Unless, unless they, they go to a private park. Unless they go to a private yeah. park. The thing is, it's not just Georgia right now that this is happening with. Because Georgia was the first state to open up these rules. Uh, states like Texas have already announced that they've been looking into rules like this. Um, there's some uh, governor or some uh, congressman in Arizona and Nevada and Colorado that have looked into kind of doing similar legislation like uh, what Georgia has enacted as far as uh, concealed weapons policies. And so it puts this weird state of limbo for a lot a a lot of uh, music festivals places like bonnaroo will be fine because bonnaroo is on a private property yeah bonnaroo yeah. they own the land the farm that bonnaroo is on so they're like good. a place even if tennessee enacts this law they're fine they're good but i mean you've been to acl a couple of times that's in public property if georgia were or if texas were to enact laws similar to texas yeah. or similar to georgia then a lot of artists could either drop from the lineup, so you're severely limiting which artists you can bring in at that point, or which is like all of it's not going to happen. Yeah, because most artists don't want fucking guns at their shows. Call them crazy, but okay, they're just not as cool as Kid Rock. Yeah, okay, maybe Face Kid Rock. Facts. Kid Rock should headline every festival. Ew, I'd be down. Have you ever seen the? Uh, have you guys watched the music video for uh, "Fuck Joe Biden"? Or let's go, let's Brandon. go, Brandon, man. Yeah. I only watched that because of one of my <laughs> friends sent me it. I bet that was a really cool friend of yours. He is. We just disagree <laughs> on very. Dude, let's go, Brandon, dude. Let's go. Uh, dark, he... dark Brandon. So music festivals are in a weird spot is the moral to all of yeah, this. Yeah, they're or, in a weird spot. There's or... too many popping up. There's too many getting canceled just because of fucking rain. Like it's. It's, it's is that lot. that's what happened with Bonnaroo, right? There's a huge. Don't tell me about it, man. No, but hold on a second. Climate change is real, and floods are happening. Pakistan is like underwater right now. Like the entire country of Pakistan just got destroyed by a flood. So you're gonna have festivals getting fucking canceled by rain. It's just gonna happen. I think Mitch just texted me this, but I think she's right. Um. Since Bonnaroo got canceled because of rain, like it hasn't been the same. Like nothing has been the same. Everything's been fucked since then. Yeah. We're in the darkest timeline. It was because of Bonnaroo getting rained out. Well, it's because of more than that. But yes. No, I don't think climate change is real. <laughs> I think that's because <laughs> strictly because of Bonnaroo getting rained out. Oh my god! Maybe. I mean, even if you're against climate change. Most of you people against that are against like, yeah, well, let's, here's yeah. the thing. I'm against it. I wish it wasn't happening. Well, what I mean is that like, if you are, you're probably a Joe Rogan fan. And even Joe Rogan's like, yeah, climate change is happening. Well, let's look at the facts. Yeah. Jamie, look it up. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Let's see. Let's examine this. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting, man. It's, it's bad. Festivals are in a pretty bad place. You just, for me, we're, what we're doing is uh, we just find if a festival is good, has a good lineup and we just run with it. Make the trek. I also need to point out, Outside Lands, Mitz bought a glass of wine. You know how much it was? A glass. $16. Oh. 
I was gonna guess like twenty or twenty-two bucks. It's twenty-six. Twenty-six ah! for a glass of a red blend. If I'm not, it was a rosé. That's insane. And the prices were not, oh, not shown. Sick. It was I just like that. this is what we offer. And she's like, "Oh, that sounds delicious well, during you, the daytime." <laughs> and it was a twenty-six dollar. And then they made you buy a cup mm. that you could refill. Like, and it, it was like no option otherwise. But it was it was a shitty like small shitty plastic cup. What am I going to do? Just carry this around? No. And it was and you had to pay four extra dollars for it. And it was shitty. It wasn't like. It's sturdy. It was just anything like they would offer you, like any party set. You're yeah. you're doing like because it's a combination of things are already expensive at music festival, and then also you're in California. Yeah, and, so everything's and double. They're like, oh, it's San from France, a vineyard so. nearby, and it's like, no, dog, no, it's not. It's a- we're drinking Woodbridge right now. You aren't fooling anyone, <laughs> yeah. okay? Like, give me, give me the fucking margins. barefoot, dog. Like, give me that. No, they know? are. They are. Yeah, it's it's. They got those margins. It rattles up. me. All uh, right, so yeah. let's let's close things up here with a little little rehearsal, rehearsal talk. Uh, so I, uh, I think Drew turned into a bat and flew away because uh, our conversation right now is a rehearsal for our best of the year pod. Well, and no. he didn't want anything to do with a rehearsal. He wanted the real thing. Yeah, and also we should tell people that. So before we do our podcast every week we do rehearse it and we just kind of realized that it works better without drew here so he he was the one that bailed on the rehearsal he was he was like i can't be a part of this horrible experiment that you're subjecting me to doing a rehearsal for our podcast and it's just it's just not something that he wanted to be a part of. Well, here's the thing. He is wanted that to he keep did, it real. I, I do have bad news for you guys. Drew just texted me. Um, He let me know. He he actually he just totaled his sigh on TC on the way home. Was it going? He found himself upright. <laughs> he was Matthew 423. He, he is alive. He said he was driving 100 miles an hour driving a sigh on TC and he crashed. On you, the way home. you know, what's really funny is that. Drew caught up on the rehearsal today. Yeah, to talk about to it. To talk about it. Specifically. And he couldn't make it. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't keep the he gas on the, the he couldn't keep the foot on the gas He's all brakes no gas. The big thing we've been dancing around is that there's too much to contain into a single conversation about this show. Like we've been it, it it's there's a couple shows this year like this one, The Bear, The Boys that it's like to fit it into a catch-up feels like a disservice it's, to it's a crime. It's the, a crime. The, yeah. the meat that there is on on this mighty. There's bone. so many levels to this show. Yeah. Like how like how the people that are actually casting the show feel versus how fucking funny it is that like, you know, Nathan puts them in the situation. Also how Nathan feels in this situation. Is he really getting affected? Like these are all very important things to note when it comes to this show. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And one of the things I think we need to first shout out is how glad I am that HBO threw all this money at Nathan. I yeah, and it keeps commenting on it. I <laughs> am so happy. They threw millions of dollars 
He's wasted it. Let's be honest. He just, he's he's, he's wasted been, it. So how much of the budget do you think was just bringing an entire bar that he hand built across the probably, country? Honestly, probably, honestly, probably a million dollars. And honestly. he transports it everywhere. So, okay, so that's... This show... This show is special. This is it one rocks. of the most, This is one of the most like special pieces of media that I've consumed yeah. like in my entire life. It's like, like a new this type is, of art. It's something that's so unlike anything else I've ever seen because we've seen like art imitating art. Like kind of the closest thing that I can think of when watching a show like this is something like adaptation where it's like it's just like art imitating art imitating art yeah. where it's just like it becomes so cyclical and like well synecdoche new york is itself. like the more apt uh yeah, kaufman I mean, still just it's kaufman-esque is like the yeah. only thing that you can really compare something like this to what's funny is because even in synecdoche or in adaptation you still have the fictional layer that you can kind of hide behind yeah. a little bit yeah like philip seymour hoffman is not playing philip seymour hoffman yeah no at the end of the yeah. day these are real fucking people so it's like kaufman meets reality television as we know it and of like kind of how reality television is a fucking joke um and documentary filmmaking is kind of a joke in some way and it becomes this self-reflexive show about the nature of human beings yeah in this way that is just it's so imaginative and insane and it's something that i to be honest nathan fielder is always one of my favorite guys and i don't know how nathan like surpassed anything that i ever thought that he could yeah this do is this brain. is next level i this mean where the, it goes insane how it starts with the trivia guy and you feel like this is going to be a similar format to nathan for you where he's going to be exploring a different rehearsal every episode and then how it completely gets derailed in the second episode. This, you never know what to expect from this show. It's wild, wild, because for all intents and purposes, like it started out like another Nathan for you, except, yeah. you know, with more budget, more expansive, you know, ambition. And it just becomes something so different and so unique and so its own. And yeah, it is this exploration of like, what is reality? What is humanity? All these like deep concepts. And it gives us some of the most gutting and visceral TV moments I've seen, not only this year, but like maybe ever. Like there, there's some crazy stuff. The episode where he does the fielder method, where he starts the acting class, it ended me. <laughs> That that is the highlight of the, the season. The moment he for me. steps foot in that guy's room, I was like, "This is it! Like he's gone too far." And and there's some questions there of like, you know, how much did they prep this room? Is this even this guy's room? Like, you're constantly asking these questions about like, what is actually real here? And I think that not only is that part of the point of the show to like make you ask those questions all the time and make you feel like you're in this weird in-between of not knowing what's real and what's not. But it's, it's beyond that because it's like the fact that you don't know the fact that you're even wondering is the entire conceit mm. of the show. 
Yeah. That's the whole thing he's trying to do is to put you in a, in that space of not knowing. It it's days like these that I curse the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. <laughs> it, it's, it's also just has moments like that. They're just like the funniest shit that you've ever seen. It, it's little moments like that, like the the <laughs> the le- the lifeguard's whistle was red, you know, like shit like that. And it's yeah, the naming the details. The yeah. Fun- and it's like hiding, hiding the fact that you're taking your fake child to temple, <laughs> the, the, but you say that he's going to swimming lessons. So you wet his swim trunks to show your fake wife that she, that, oh yeah, he was going to swimming lessons. And the fact that he made a whole episode about the, the Jewish faith. You know, because he knew that she was a super Christian and it was yeah. just like, I'm going to I'm going to fight at this. And it's like, oh, it well, it's, it's it's this extraction of the best moments of Nathan for you. The the best moments of Nathan for you are when he'd have this idea for a business and something would happen in the process of him executing this idea. But he adapts that would send him into this like tangent yeah. that he would go after yeah like somebody would say something or do something that he was like all right we gotta go this way like the the real the realtor the exorcism oh yeah it's just it's it's the most like yes anding of just like a oh a a ghost choked you in switzerland we're going directly cool let's go right into that i now command you in the name of jesus christ (laughs) that's i mean that episode is like amazing so my favorite episode of nathan for you is smokers allowed that's like always oh, the- been my- and that episode is like a dry run of the rehearsal. Like I was watching the show with the uh, wife of the podcast Gaia and she was just like I think it was during I think it was during the fielder method where she was like this whole show was just born out of the moment of the I love you again. Yeah. I love you again. That, like that, that is scene- just the origin of the rehearsal was born in that Nathan for you it's episode. It's not your fault. That scene <laughs> It's just as powerful. In that scene, the I the I love you sends me to tears, it's, laughing every single it time. It always hits. Every time, it always lasts longer than you think it is. You always are like, "Cool, it's about to end." Oh my god, we still have forty five yeah, seconds of this. For, I can't. I want to die. For the for the viewers at home, if you haven't watched it, it's this scene that Nathan is practicing. A, He's doing a rehearsal. He's yeah. rehearsing. Yeah. A one night the at early a bar that you can smoke inside. In this show. It's a woman telling him that she loves him, and he's he goes, say it again, say it again, say it again. And as she keeps saying it, he gets more serious. And then eventually his voice starts breaking. Yeah, he's as he's asking he's her choking up and starts like crying. He's like, Say it again. So <laughs> that's the thing. Because Nathan, so Nathan for you, like, especially now looking at it like as a whole now that everything is finished with nathan for you that is a show that is doing these one-off episode things but it's really about nathan trying and, to like, find nathan's journey of like trying yeah. to become a human and, and I, find friends and find friends and i thought that there was going to be that level of subtlety to the rehearsal and the rehearsal sets it up like there's going to be that level of subtlety when you have the it, from the very first episode, one of the best moments of the first episode is whenever he's rehearsing with the fake um, 
yeah, the, uh, the fake guy. core of just like of telling him the reveal of I like set up all the information for you, the and then the cut to him, you and you see that he actually hasn't told anything to the real core. I was like, oh, we're gonna get like that level of like almost like subtle Nathan moments yeah. throughout the show. Yeah, and well, it makes a hard switch, and the show becomes about Nathan. It's the whole conceit. The it's an extension of again of Nathan for you, where it's the whole what who is the character of Nathan? Because that's that's a whole question. Is that is the guy that we're seeing on TV the same guy that exists in real life? Or are we seeing a character? Because a lot of people say, and I think there's a lot of truth to this, that the real Nathan is like, yeah, he's a pretty awkward guy. He's, you know, pretty similar to what we're seeing on TV, but he is not actually having these existential thoughts about like, who am I? Can I connect to people? Can I be loved? Can I be accepted? He might have these thoughts, but he might not be experiencing these things to the same level that the character Nathan is experiencing them where it's like the character Nathan is like really troubled, really lonely, really kind of at the edge of his wits in terms of like how he can connect to people. It's the same character from Nathan for you. Like yeah. The same thing. But I think that the genius of the show is that there is no stark line dividing the character and the person. There's a, the whole point is that there's a lot of bleed over because Nathan um and it sucks drew's not here i want to do a whole episode with drew about this because like this is his shit he knows about this a lot nathan like is a divorced man mm -hmm. like yeah. he he is and like, he talks actually... about his divorce in the show like it is yes bringing parts of his real life into the show and there are moments when like when that comes up where it's just like if you know about what he is bringing into this quote unquote character from his life where you're thinking like, wait a second, maybe this isn't that much of a character. Maybe he's actually like exploring something here. And it's, it's always, this, the genius of this fucking show. It's like, it's always bouncing you in between these two sides of like, everything I'm seeing is hyper constructed and rehearsed. And I'm seeing, something real and i'm seeing something like that cannot be scripted there's there's a special space for shows like this like uh it's i think it's such a unique idea that only people like nathan can execute like or only nathan can execute i've never seen this executed at such a high level that nathan does this it, it's such a unique experience every single episode. And that's, that's what I love about this whole thing. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if it's going to be a sad episode or a funny episode. Um, you don't know if you're going to cringe. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Cringe. Oh yeah. Tons of, you it. know, you're going to cringe. You, it's, given. it's just, I, I just love that, that it's like an experience every single time you watch this show it's from beginning to end i was wanting more and before i watched the final episode he announced he was doing a season two hell yeah and i am here for oh it. yeah like i love it so i you know i think that's because i know 
Ernest, I know that Lee is not a fan of Nathan Fielder, of his whole She's style. She thinks he's She's fake, a hater. Right? Well, that's the whole thing is like she thinks that everything from Nathan for you is like fake. Yeah. And well, she I was kind like- of a, ahead of the curve on that conversation a little bit because that whole discourse like blew up during the rehearsal in a way it never did during Nathan for but- you. I think that the fact that that I think you're right that the fact that that even is a conversation I thought shows how much of a success that this show is because somehow Nathan found either it's all scripted all fake or Nathan is the most genius in the world and is getting like incredible performances out of these actors that are just like watching like 12 hours of just a guy being a guy and just being like, hey, mimic this person now. You're now going to like take over all the worst traits of this person. Fake Angela. Fake Angela of just knocking over the lamp of just going like full balls to the wall overacting. (laughs) And then the the rehearsal, that scene ends and he's like, "Uh, let's do another one. Let's uh, be be a little nicer. Can you be a little nicer this one? (laughs) Just shit like that is just like. It's so good. And I really want to know. I mean, Nathan directed all six episodes of this, but like. I want to see. It wasn't enough. I want to see that. <laughs> it was no, it, it wasn't enough. I want to see what the editing process for this show was. Oh, like, they must have so much footage. I too. cannot. There has to be like thousands of hours yeah. of footage, and because well, that's the other thing. Is you can craft. This, you can craft whatever narrative. You exactly. Want. I mean, that's documentary filmmaking. Documentary filmmaking at its finest is just like, yeah, this breakthrough moment happened uh, eighty hours into filmmaking, but I want to insert that like in the first act of this story that i'm making like it's kind of stuff like that like where you just have the ability to kind of bend real life to reordering narrative or or even just by omission like if you just point a camera at someone for an entire day for 24 hours and you get a ton of nonsense except 10 minutes of gold i mean you cut everything else out like that's already like you're you're creating a narrative out of something that wasn't intended to be a narrative you and, and that's what that's, he's playing i with. mean that's the whole thing that robin was uh scion tc guy was mad about the way he was portrayed in the show he's like they actually like edited out a lot of stuff where i was like a really cool and chill guy and it's that like guy's insane it's like no the fact of how many times you talked about numbers in your scion tc within a short amount of time means that you are not a normal person i'm sorry robin uh there's nothing normal about you which by the way sidebar because i don't want to forget this did you guys hear uh about like his roommate now that he gets in the fight with during the show something happened to him. no so he's he's dead uh his roommate died um and robin was just like robin was just like yeah it's actually good that he died because now he's actually he's it was like a toxin he's out of my life now Oh my god. He was like happy about it. Yeah, no, he was uh Robin sucks. Fuck Robin. No, no, he I'm almost he said something I'm correct me if I'm wrong. He said something like God solved the problem yeah, for no, me. No, he's just like God yeah. took this toxin out of my life. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah fuck that guy. Um this guy also said you don't need a license plate to drive. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, it's, it's cool. It's so and then good. he's like smoking weed and he's like, Nathan's like, is that okay? He's like yeah, dude when when he hits the bong in front of nathan i and he like hands it to nathan it's so good it's so fucking good the way that the show is and then like and then cuts to nathan driving the car <laughs> and then when he has his bag 
after the baby crying all night. He doesn't even make it the full night. He he goes, I'm done. I'm I'm leaving. And she goes, you're just, and he's like, yeah. Just in the middle of the night. I'm done. And he just leaves. It's it's phenomenal. And that's like one episode on right. its own. Like that whole relationship, her going through shitty dates, you finding out how crazy she is. And then like to that, to the, then you went to the episode of the guy trying to get money for inheritance. Yeah, that's up. And he three. ended up wiping a random dude's yeah. ass. I I love which, that. I love that episode. Uh, actually, I think I might be thinking of four, which is the Fielder method. Uh, I forget the sequence of it because I think yeah, four is when we get the older kid. Oh yeah, no four is four is the one where we get a That's sixteen year old boy and Nathan's like lifting him up. <laughs> He's a six year old. No, 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 that's the end. That's at the very end. No, 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 no. That's also happens in the field of method because that's when he decides that he wants to re like run back the clock. He's like, I fucked up this kid's life and I want to do this. Over the very again. well, the very end of that episode, the slide, the slide oh, shot yeah. where the, the so kid, the goes kid down slides down and, and the, the little, little kid, you know, I knew it was coming. That was really good. If it, I had to say, like, I think my least favorite episode is episode three with the one guy with the inheritance and everything. Well, that's when um, the, the but, whole conceit of the show kind of unravels. Where- yeah, exactly. But it's like also so important for that show. And it rides that line of like. This guy seems like a guy who sucks, uh, who Nathan just found. I mean, anybody who agrees to be on a show like this sucks yeah like that's kind of the whole thing that nathan for you also was trying to make fun of is just like people will do anything to get on television like they will do literally anything and the last episode of this like shows the darker side of that reality but um even with the mom even in a even in um with that guy with the inheritance money trying to like tackle that whole saga of this man's life it still was able to bring him some kind of catharsis of bonding yeah, he with got this random out man of the experience that he just like yeah. left he was just like i he didn't follow through with it all the way but that that is an example of like something that in nathan for you wouldn't have made it into the final episode right nathan for you had a lot of instances where he would go and do business ideas and film them and they wouldn't go the way they wanted and they just wouldn't include them yeah there's episodes i mean the best episodes of nathan for you are the episode long ones because that's yeah. when they just kept going with the idea and it kind of exactly. kept compiling that stuff and there's some episodes of nathan for you where there's like three businesses in one episode because they kind of never really exactly went so in, in in this instance the fact that they do include it First of all, they spent a lot of money, so it's just like uh, we we need honestly we need to call the guy up from HBO. Let me see the receipts. The one that heard the pitch, he was the only one that approved it for yeah. sure. Nobody else. Read Nobody. The everyone else was like, "Fuck this!" And but there was one guy that was like, he watched a couple Nathan few yeah. episodes. He was just like, "Eh, you know what? Seems kind of funny." You know. Well, Nathan probably. I feel like Nathan's the kind of guy from the jump to make sure that someone reads through his entire contract because like his whole nathan's whole thing is that he like fucks people over because they don't read contracts and they show there's an instance in the show where they just hand someone a contract that they know they're not gonna read yeah he always does this so it's like 
If he's going into business with HBO, he just showed them all the flow charts, and they were like, "I guess you know what you're everything doing. is so calculated." In all this those show. flow charts, I I don't know, man. I guess. Yeah, well, so okay. Calculated. So I want to ask you guys this because this is kind of leaning into like the big picture of the show. So Nathan steps at the end of episode two. Everything does not work out with Robin, and Nathan steps in to become the father. He's the the dad that stepped up. Do you yeah. guys think was that pre-planned or was that kind of a yes ending of this guy Robin sucked and now Nathan was just like, I know a way to kind of insert myself and that's like, a great keep question. The show going. That's a great question. I have a feeling that Nathan is at a level where the entire thing is planned out from the jump. Everything. Uh, yeah. Down to like choosing Angela as an unbearable human being. <laughs> that's yeah, we're going to base the show around her. I, I here's here's my theory. They had an idea for a show called The Rehearsal in which they would recreate uh, people's wishes for what they wanted to rehearse in their which lives. was the pilot, the first right. episode, then pandemic. Boom. What are we going to do? We already shot one episode. Uh, where we were able to go out into the world and go to this trivia bar and everything. How are we going to keep this going? We get a house where we can be COVID safe and shift the focus to me raising a family in this house. And that becomes the show. I, I feel like that's probably what happened. Yeah. I so you think, think Robin was never going to last past one episode? I mean, that's that's the magic of it is like if you're bringing people in, maybe it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter to Nathan. maybe. Nathan yeah. figures it out. Like every time a wrench is thrown in his plan, he figures it out it's, and turns it into being something good. Yeah. Like he, he got this one fact about her being a super Christian and being like, I'm Jewish. I'm going to raise yeah. my child Jewish. Big, and uh, then big Mel Gibson fan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, she loves uh, passion of the Christ loves brave. Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Yeah. It's uh. That that's the whole show. That's why Nathan is successful, in my opinion, is because there's so many things that go wrong, and they will, in whenever he's trying to shoot something, and he just figures it out, and he keeps beating at it until the funny moments stop, you know. And I think he understands what funny and what isn't, at least to the very, you know, peculiar crowd that yeah. like like this humor isn't for everyone. <laughs> Oh right. hell no! It's Most not. people would watch Twitter? this and just hate this, dude. Twitter, I hate like a huge part of Twitter hated this show because they were like, Nathan is a sociopath and he's it's evil like, and he's manipulating yeah, people. Guys, of course he's a very me he's a fucking sociopath and we love him for we it. We love him. He's yeah. my he's our pretend daddy. Sociopath. Yeah. Um, I feel like the genius of the show is that. You talked about everything is like pre-planned out with Nathan. Nathan just has flowcharts for his daily life. I think yeah. Nathan has contingencies in his normal life. That's like the level of like uh, neuro atypical that Nathan is, is that he's just willing to just have contingencies for everything. And that's yeah. why like the rehearsal is the perfect possible show for him because it's a show about rehearsing life. And even if he's more of a character that he's playing into this kind of like more um, antisocial, especially like not really getting like social cues and kind of stuff like that. A wizard of lies. Wizard will. of lies. Um, 
like this show is perfect for that because there is definitely some element to his real life where he is this guy that is a hyper planner of exactly. every possible outcome. Exactly. That's what makes the show good. It's yeah. it's him dealing with those, you know, you know, curveballs plus how well he plans everything to make sure it doesn't get a curveball. All all the different scenarios. That's the whole point of the rehearsal, dude. It's, you plan for every scenario. Yeah, I mean, I wish, dude. You know how many instances in my life God, I it wish would be so nice if I could just rehearse everything. Be fucking yeah. great, dude. Um, right. I want to talk about the last episode because the last episode kind of takes a little bit of a shift. I think that's like the most dramatic episode, definitely, where it's like when the rehearsal goes too far because it's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing to like quote-unquote harm an adult because at the end of the day we're all fucking adults we can just kind of let things roll off of us now i remember but when you are doing a rehearsal where for weeks possibly even months you are with this child and you are pretending to be their father and that child does not have a father so you literally become the father figure in their life and you have to say call me dad call me daddy well, I'll say it again. He's not the stepfather. He's the father who stepped up. He is the father who stepped up. Um, so we need, thank you. We need thank you so clear. much. Nathan, thank you so much for thank you so much for clarifying that. Um, that entire episode is like it's it's the walls of this sandcastle that Nathan has built for himself crumbling in on themselves. Yeah. It is like seeing well, by the design of, though, right? Yes. Yeah. No, like, well, that's, that's the whole point. Exactly. That's the whole thing is like, it was meant to crumble in six episodes. Like this was meant to be the climax of everything kind yeah. of falling into itself. I, it's like, what if, the, what if reality, the, what if reality television was actually real? Yeah. That's, that's kind of what he's trying to do. It's like, show you, that if we actually wanted to be real, it would be really ugly and fucking uh, ab- abusive, you know, essentially. So, you know, like, traumatizing. How, how bad this show got me is by, like, halfway through the sixth episode, I was like, oh, no, he's going to start dating this child's mother. Yeah. Like, that's going to be weird. I thought show. that's what I was, was like, going to happen. She's going to I was like, he's going to fall in love with this. He doesn't even love this woman. Dude, he's going to he, just be like, I have to become this child's father now and actually become the dad who stepped up. When he went so far to pretend being her, wearing the, f- the fake tattoo, yeah. the too. The he mirror. had the sleeve. And then talking to the, the co-producer and the co-producer. I, I guess it's a actor playing the co-producer that talks yeah. to him. And it's like, so weird good. guy, huh? I... I also, I, man, all of the actors who are then playing the actors in the show of, again, like art imitating life, imitating art, like mirror, kind of mirror this, reflecting a mirror. Uh, the funniest piece to me is uh, the guy who played Nathan. Um, yeah. Who the most looks, bland person. He looks world. straight. At first, I thought it was Benny Safty because he looks like a Safty bro. He's also easily the worst actor. He's of all the, the lost Safty brother. He's definitely like the Does forgotten. It, I straight up thought he was. A, I was like, oh my god, did they get? Is that Josh or is that Benny the in third, there? Um, third. Guy. He's like the the he, the Kevin Jonas yeah, of the, the Safty brothers. The lost piece. Of Poor there. fella. Um. No, but like I. I think it was like kind of almost notable that he's the worst actor 
of yeah. all the fake actors. So he's doing playing the fake Nathan. acting. Yeah, he's yeah. doing the fake. Like, it's so much of the show is just so smart. I think my favorite moment of the entire show is uh, the, like, 16-year-old boy and the, like the one piece PJs chasing around Nathan, like picking him up. And then the cut that was such to, a cringy and scene cut to man. Nathan looking out the window and just seeing him still in the same PJ smoking a cigarette outside. Oh my no, God. He's in the vape. Yeah. It's he's a hitting, vape. hitting like and a he, fucking and jewel he, outside. And he strangles him or straddles him. Like it's so much, it's, it's so, so much to watch. And it's, it's all to get to that point at the very end where he's playing with one of the actors uh, that's playing the younger version of himself and then Nathan's playing the mom of that other kid and they all the fucking lines get so blurred to the point where Nathan just in a way kind of breaks the entire immersion and that's the thing is like it leaves you in this place where it's like we don't know if he actually broke and called himself the dad to this kid, or if he's just putting up an act and literally the final shot is him showing his ass crack to the camera. So it's just like, you get this incredibly tender moment that also makes you feel really weird and queasy. And you're just kind of mixed up in the, the heartfelt and the grossness of it all. Yeah. And then he gets up and it's like, here's my ass crack. Yes. Cut to cut to credits. It, it, that's all you're left it's with. Showing, it's showing his ass. Like it's this such, whole show such, is just showing his ass. Such, such a best. good show. Such a good show. Like I, I'm so happy it exists. I'm so happy we get to see more Nathan. I'm so happy that it, uh, it's not stopping. I've already I've started a rewatch of it. Oh, nice. I, I uh, actually I just fired up. I watched the first two episodes. The like, rewatch is, is going to be worth it. It's going to pay off. It's you know, so, like that's the thing. One, it's six episodes, which rocks six episodes under an hour each. So it's very easy for a rewatchability. This show's so meticulously thought out that I'm sure that there's just going to be more and more little bits that you can pick up here and there. There's already Angela right off the back with bat with some anti-semitic shit um that i just can't wait to see more and more anti-semitic shit pop up in there because uh that's what our girl's gonna do um we didn't talk enough about angela uh just the worst uh person um hate her uh she's awful she's been very active on uh instagram and cameo really trying to capitalize off of the success of the rehearsal. It is funny though, because before we wrapped about talking the rehearsal, you brought it up earlier, but I just wanted to talk about kind of the general reception to the show. Yeah. The backlash, the discourse, because it's just people who like, just don't get it at all. And it's, it's left me in this weird space where like, I feel ownership over Nathan and like this way of like because we've known it's, him for so well, it's long. It's like this way of like, well, I knew about the band before like they were playing Coachella. Yeah. Like I I knew him when they were just like this little indie darling, and like now you like uh I don't remember who the uh publication was, but there's some uh publication that was just like, yeah, I'll say it. I'm attracted to Nathan Fielder. And it's like 
Bitch, I've been out here yeah. saying Nathan's a fucking sex For guy. For years. And nobody understands me. You aren't allowed to come in now and say, oh, Nathan's actually like Loki kind of daddy. Yeah, I've been known about that. Get in line, honey. How do you feel about his um, his Showtime show? Um, the So for listeners who don't know, it's a show that is made alongside uh, the Safdie brothers, who I guess he just is buddies with, um, starring and him and Emma Stone. And it is a like, is he ghost? It? Yeah, I thought that it's him and Emma Stone. I thought oh, they're co-leading okay. it. I know Ben. I think Benny Safdie is supposed to be in oh, it. Oh, is Benny in it? Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I know that. I mean, they're all involved. And the premise of the show is that it's like house hunters, but it's haunted houses. And so it's like an HGTV show meets uh, kind of the over the top haunted house kind of thing. I'm so excited for it. I know it just started. I, I thought we were going to get ago. it this year, but I guess that's no, it that's just started year. filming, I think, a month or two ago. So it'll probably come out next year, which can't wait. Give me more Nathan content. I'm here for it. Of course. And I'm I'm sure his deal with HBO is gonna, because uh, How to with John Wilson is part of his yeah. deal. So I'm sure it might spawn other shows. Hopefully. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. It's it's late. It. Yeah. We've been recording for a while, um, but we had to talk all these incredible things that we've been waiting to talk about. Yeah. So thank you so much, Danny, for coming no, on. Always a pleasure. I'm always here. You know I love coming on this show. I've been here what 18 now yeah 18 times Woo! always love it can't wait for the album review because that's gonna be hectic oh best of the year oh, there's gonna be bad. there's so there's ugly. there's so many you're only allowed to put one king gizzard uh, no i disagree list. i'm fucked i'm I fucked it has to you have to include anything that king is okay. no the, when giz tober happens giz-tober. and they will they and they released three albums in one month. Yeah. I'm done, bro. They're calling it the the Gizzard Jizz. Yeah, the Liz, the King Gizzard Jizzard. It's too much. It's too much for a guy like me. I'm old. Like I can't. It's I can't do this stuff. Like I mean, just just so we're very clear. Next year is already settled. Gorillas is gonna win because they're fucking targeting me. Let's yeah. be honest. They released I can't a believe, song. Yeah, they're they're calling their shots like February or something. They they released an album songs with Thundercat and Kevin Parker. Yeah, I'm fucked. Yeah, they're they're really I'm going fucked. after you. Like I right have I have to include it now. Like it, it's in my list next year for sure. But like like I'm looking at my list right now. You can you can see it's fucking twenty five albums. Yeah, mine's it's deep. It's, I'm it's bad. I'm sure Mitz is tired of hearing it. But like every week, I'm just like, man, freaking out. I'm going to have such a hard time when I go back on the pod to talk about <laughs> the top albums. And she's like, Danny, you need to shut the y- fuck up. Yes, that she hasn't said it out loud, but she's thinking it. I know it. But look, I mean, we're all in the same. We're she, all in the same boat. But at a certain I, point, you just have to shut the fuck she's, up. She set me on the path of righteousness. Basically, I didn't. I need to make criteria. Yeah. On like what makes a just, top album. Here's what you need to do. Scrap your whole list. Just ask her what her top albums are. And then just make that the list. And then so, you don't have to carry any burden. And if anything goes wrong, it's her fault. It Danny, is. how about this? I'll make your list for you. <laughs> Number one, Harry's house. Number one, Harry Styles. Two through ten are all Vaxes yeah. too. Yeah. It's, don't don't worry, darling. Original soundtrack. 
Yeah. yeah uh, it's He's got to have a song. It's on hectic. It, right? There's there's too Do many albums. So? There's too many. How can he not? He's got to sing a little I tune. I hope he does. I was like, ditty. "Don't worry, darling." <laughs> yes. There we go. That's it. That's I mean, the head. Uh, Harry, Harry. All right. Thank <laughs> you all for listening and tuning in and joining us on this journey as we uh get through more Robin and more catch up and into the fall season. Lots of good stuff to cover. Stay tuned for um, the aforementioned Don't Worry Darling. Follow us. Subscribe on all the platforms. Check out WeBottomMike.net for every episode and, and become a donor. And thank you, beautiful donors, for donating. Uh, the next Robin will be Patch Adams. So stay tuned for that. And thank you again, Danny. Pray for Drew. We'll see where he goes. He made it home. He made it home safe. I texted him. Oh, good. While the pop was going on. We'll 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 see where he ends up back in here in the the astral plane of existence if he ever well, see which hoops. realm he appears. Back yeah, in. it's don't gonna, do that. You can, that's that. Oh, that, that just added like another two weeks to that, Yeah, that's a that, that's a word. Podcast. That's a word we can't say because we, that's the R word that Drew doesn't like. Oof. You know, like when you're so I think next time I invite Drew to my house and he's overstaying his welcome, I'm just going to have like music playing that just sells the word realm over yeah. and over. So he's like, I, I got a headache. I got to go. No, Cause then he's going to poof out yeah. and then poof back in. Just like he did. Man. When you don't even see it coming. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you guys so Bye. much. Bye. 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 Love you.